Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that we are gathered here in your name. I thank you that we are celebrating you, Jesus. We're celebrating you, and I, and I pray that it's not just today, it's every day, but today we are, we are as a nation, as a world, celebrating you rising from the grave. And what a blessing that is, and, and I just thank you for doing that for each one of us. For everyone who calls on your name, and Lord, I just thank you for that. And I just pray this morning that we're ready to hear your word, that our hearts are ready, that our minds are ready, and we're ready to hear it and come closer to you. Be moved by it, and Lord, I just thank you that we have your word, and it's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. Good morning. Good to see you. It's a great day, and now welcome to Beecher Island. Um, yeah, Christy just took a picture back there, just so you know, I'm going to rat on her a little bit, but she took a picture back in the back, coming forward just to prove uh, how many are here. There's a lot here. And guests, welcome. Man, it's good to have you here, and, and um, we're here to uh, celebrate Resurrection Sunday, right? The world calls it Easter. Let's call it what it is. Resurrection Sunday. And, uh, you know, I, I wish I was uh, more bold. I was bolder. Whatever it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because, uh, you know, all this weekend, uh, Friday, yesterday, it was happy Easter, happy Easter, yeah, happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday! Like, I just want to say it. Let's, let's, let's try as a church, maybe. Huh? Happy Resurrection Sunday when we, when we see people. And, and because that's what it is. Easter can carry a, a, a notation of the world's view as, as a day to collect eggs, get chocolate, right? Let's not let it be that. Let's let it always be Resurrection Sunday, the day that Christ is risen. And man, it's good to be here celebrating as a, as a community, as a body of believers, it is good. And uh, again, welcome to Beecher Island. For those who don't come and sit here every Sunday morning, they get to hear it every Sunday morning too. But I want to introduce you to Beecher Island and who we are. Because we are an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And what that means is we try our hardest to not live by man's religion. But we walk and we, and we live by God's Word. We try to walk and live by God's Word. But I'll be the first to tell you that I fall short every day. Every day I fall short of the glory of my God. But it's because of Him and His grace that I don't have to worry. It's because of His grace that I know that when I fall short, He picks me up. He brings me along the way. And I don't walk into these doors back here because I think I'm good. Because it's quite the opposite. I walk into these doors to gather with other believers to hopefully lift each other up in His name and bring glory to Him. And so if you are here today, welcome, welcome, and uh, thank you all guests for, for, for coming and being here. And I'll, I'll tell you, usually I don't get a little nervous uh, when I preach, but this morning, you know, it's kind of like Super Bowl Sunday for the pastor. You know, like... <laughs> It's, uh, it's big time. And Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, and, and man, i got to bring this great word because you're all here to listen. And, 
you all just ate, and so now it's even tougher because, you know, now the sleep's going to set in a little bit here. And, well, 10 minutes maybe, but, whew. So I was thinking as I was preparing this week, man, i gotta, I got to bring something. I gotta come up with, with a good story, you know, that's gonna get you get you listening and and, and and in tune with what I'm trying to say and and, and you know be entertaining. But then I started reading the gospels. And I got to the Gospel of Mark, and as I was reading through it, I just had to stop because I couldn't read because my eyes were watering so much, I couldn't read the words anymore. And I thought, you know what, I don't need to bring you some story that I've made up or that, that I've experienced. Because the greatest story there has ever been, the, ever, the greatest account that's ever been is told to us through the Gospel. And so this morning, we're going to dive into the Gospel of Mark. And we're just going to work our way through it. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you some commentary as we go through it. But I can't come up with a better story, a better account then it's already given to us. And it's an amazing account of what we have. So turn with me to Mark. Mark 14 is where we're going to be. And you know what? Every gospel that we have of this account is great. But Mark, for some reason, just stood out to me this week as I was preparing. So that's where we're going to be. As we look through this, I want to start at the journey to the cross. I want to talk about the cross. And I want to talk about after the cross. Because if we just start at the crucifixion, maybe we miss some. If we just start at the resurrection, maybe we miss some. And I want us to have the whole story this morning, even though probably every single person in here knows it. But I want to look at some details on it. I want to look at some details. You see, leading up to this chapter, Jesus has been, he's been betrayed. He's been turned over. One of his own has betrayed him, and he knew it was coming. But he was, he was turned over to, to this mass of people who had swords and clubs because they weren't sure what Jesus would do. They thought maybe he was going to pull a sword, which he was not. Peter would, but Jesus wouldn't. And so they have bound Jesus in, in there leading him to the high priest, the elders and the scribes. And they're, they're coming up with false testimonies try to prove that Jesus needs to die. So we're going to start in Mark 14, verse 55. Mark 14, verse 55. It says, The chief priest and the whole Sahedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put Him to death. But they didn't not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their testimonies did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this man-made temple in three days and will 
and will build another not made by man. Yet even then their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What, what, what is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? I am. I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witness? He asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him. They struck him with their fists and said, Prophecy! Prophecy! And the guards took him and beat him. And beat him. We're going to keep reading. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest, of the high priest came by. When they saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with the Nazarene, Jesus, the Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, surely you are one of them. For you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses on himself and swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately the rooster crowed a second time. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. Very early in the morning, the chief priest with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the bulls and Hedron reached a decision. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. The chief priest accused him of many things, so again Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer? See how, how, many, they, how many things they are accusing you of? But Jesus still made no reply. And Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the feast to release prisoners who the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate knowing it was out of envy that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one that you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked him. Crucify him, they shouted, crucify him. Why? What, what crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all aloud, crucify him, crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He, handed, he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. I want to stop right there just for a second here. 
I want you to realize what it means to be flogged. Scourged is maybe the other word that you might read in that. Scourged or however you say it. But I want you to understand what it is. See, it's not just a normal old beating. What it is, is they would take pretty much a bullwhip. It was a piece of leather tied to a wooden handle. Maybe it was braided, maybe it wasn't. But you see, bullwhips of today have what we call a popper on the end of it. And, you know, if you're good at them, you can make them go pop, pop, pop. Or you can cut your fist, one of the two. But this one was different. This one had a metal piece on the end of it. It wasn't a pauper. It wasn't just the piece of leather that was on the end. There was a piece of metal that was tied to the end of this whip. And they would whip these prisoners, and that's what they did to Jesus. He, he had Jesus sent off and flogged. They took a bull whip with a piece of metal on the end of it, and they whipped him with it. Most prisoners that got flogged never made the cross to be crucified because they bled to death. It was such a severe beating that most would die at the beating. And this is the second beating that Jesus has taken. The first one, they struck him with their fists and they, they beat him on the head. They, they, I can imagine they, you know, like the street fight that you see once in a while or, the, or they're getting jumped into a gang. Have you, have you ever watched maybe a YouTube video? I, 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 I mean, once in a while I see these, these jump-ins, right? And, and they're just kicking and beating the person that they're trying to jump in, which is, blows my mind. But that was Jesus. That, that was our Savior taking a beating. And, and not just any little beating, but a, but a beating. And then a whipping like no whipping we have ever experienced. See, I want you to think about this beating that He took. Because He did it for you. He took that beating for you. Let's keep on reading verse 16. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and, thorns and set it on him, and they, they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! And again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling to their knees, they paid homage to him. And, and when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. They led him out to be crucified. The third beating. The third beating Jesus has taken now. Uh, you know, I, I don't know why, but I've never stopped and counted the beatings that Jesus took. Three times. Three times. And, it, and, and this beating wasn't the normal, I'm going to whip you. Each one was a beating like we've never seen before. Each one was taking so much anger out on it. 
see what, it, what made me just weep this week? Was it weighed heavy on my heart? That at any time, at any one of those beatings, Jesus could have stopped. At any one of those, He could have said, you're done, and struck him dead. At any one of them beatings why His skin is being ripped open by a piece of metal on the end of a piece of leather being whipped, He could have said, enough's enough, and stopped it all. But He did. He did. All the while, our God, His Father, is looking down on us. Looking down on His Son, His one and only Son, as He's been beaten and beaten, and these punks continue to just beat Him across the head. And He says, I'm okay. I'm okay. Because I know what happened. And I know what's going to happen. And our Savior took that being for you. And I want you to make it personal this morning. He took that beating for you. No other reason. He could have stopped it all, but He knew that He had to go through it for you. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I'll take a beating or two from my friends or my family. Really my family. Very few friends. Let's be honest. <laughs> But He took it for whosoever. Whosoever will call on His name. That's who He did it for. That's who He took the beating for. Whosoever. Because He knew that He had to. He knew that He had to be the perfect sacrifice so that we, one day, can be with Him. And all for all who call on His name can be with Him. See, it wasn't that they just crucified Him. They didn't just arrest Him and haul Him to the cross and put Him up there, let Him hang there for a while and then die. No. That's not what happened. You know, I... I think the world view is probably that that's how it happened. Well, maybe some think that there was a crown of roses that was shoved, or a crown of thorns that were, was shoved on his head. And, and because I've seen some artwork, you know, blood running down his face, and oh, they must have just put a crown on him and hung him on a cross. <laughs> that's not what happened. Beating after beating. Casey, um, Casey went out this week and went and clipped some Russian olive. And she tried to make a crown out of it. It was some old sticks, and so they didn't want to bend around very good. But she made it. And she set that thing on the table. Thorns that long. You know, I think a lot of us think of rose bush. Little, little tiny thorns poking them in the head. I don't know. When she set that little Russian olive up there, I thought, oh my goodness, Jesus. That's, that's a crown of thorns. Two inch thorns being shoved into his head. 
And then once it was on him, they took staffs and continued to whip him on the head, shoving those thorns more and more into his head. Guys, I'm telling you, you can watch any gruesome movie that you want to, and it doesn't compare to what our Savior did for us. And I read this because I don't know that I personally have stopped and thought about the journey to the cross. Because that journey to the cross is intense. And He did it for you and He did it for me. Keep reading. Verse 21. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country. And they forced him to carry the cross. See, Jesus couldn't go no more. He was physically done. He had carried the cross as far as he could. And he was physically done. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him, divided up his clothes. They cast lots to see what each one would get. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two robbers with him, one on the right and one on the left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. Can you imagine the mocking that was going on? Just amazing what they're doing. It is in the same way the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others. They said, but he can't save himself. Let this Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross, that we may see and believe. They crucified him. They crucified with him also. That those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. The sixth hour of darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. I want you to picture darkness when darkness is not supposed to be fell upon this whole earth. Darkness. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. Eloi, Eloi, Lama, Sabathana, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those standing near heard this. They said, listen, he's calling Elijah. One man ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. He said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus, heard His cry, and saw how he, how he died, He said, Surely this man was the Son of God. Amen. I had to wrap my head around this. 
Here's, here's this centurion. A man who has watched many, many be crucified. He was no stranger to death. It's a pretty bad death. To, 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 to horrible ways to die. And as he watched Jesus yell out and take his last breath, he said, this is the Son of God. What was different? What was it? How, how by Jesus' death did he say, this is the Son of Man? What was different? What was different in this? But when you start thinking about it, being crucified on a cross, your lungs want to fill up with fluid. You can't yell. You can't scream. You can't do anything besides die. And it says Jesus yelled out in a loud voice. And the power of 100% God, He yelled out. And He took His last. And this centurion said, this is the Son of Man, the Son of God. This is, this is God that hung on that cross and was crucified. So my question to you this morning, do you look at Jesus and say, surely, this is the Son of God. Is that what you're saying in your heart? Because let's read on. Some women there were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph, Salome, in Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. It was preparation day, so as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was, with, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in the tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. And the Mary the Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, Sunday, right? Sunday. Just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As, he, as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. 
He said, you are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid Him. He is risen. He is risen indeed, we say, right? You see, Jesus, our Savior, is no longer on the cross. He's no longer in the tomb. He, he, he's not there. I already talked about Casey once, but I'm going to talk about her again because a while back she made me this cross. And um, when she gave it to me, I, I noticed something about this cross that I've never noticed about any other cross I've ever seen. And I thought, that's good. You see, this cross at the bottom of it, it's all broken and shattered and jagged. made me think, you know what? That's the cross that Jesus was crucified on. Because it's not there anymore. The cross that Jesus was crucified on probably looked like that after He rose from the grave. This is my interpretation. And I can be wrong. But I think when He rose from the grave, it shattered that cross. There was an earthquake that shook the whole world. And I think that cross laid on the ground like that. Because He's no longer on it. And He's no longer in the tomb. And so let me just tell you, if you've got a cross with Jesus on it, take Him off. Because He's not on it anymore. We can, we can look at this and know He's not on it. Because you know what? When I looked at this, it made me realize I don't worship a cross. I don't praise a cross. I worship the resurrected Savior. So this is my special cross that I look at always saying, thank you, Jesus, for getting off the cross. To go to the tomb. To lay in there for three days and rise to walk this earth for 40 days, proving that He is the Christ, the Son of God. Proving that He is the Messiah. Proving all prophecy that had been written to that point. Savior was born of a virgin birth. Walk this earth perfect. Taught us many teachings how to live, how to be. But showed us love. Incredible love. And then was arrested. You see, that's what I want us to take from that this morning. That we all know that He hung on a cross. We all know that He rose from a grave. And if you don't know that, you do now. And that's good. But I want us to see what He had to go through to get to the cross for you and for me. And that's amazing. No person in this world would do that for you. It's okay to admit it. It's okay to say that you wouldn't do it. Because there's only one that would, and that's our Savior. Our Savior is amazing. And then they took Him to the cross and they crucified Him. They hung Him there and He died. He took His last breath. 
And they laid him in a tomb. And he rose. And he rose to walk this earth. And 40 days later, our God brought him up to sit at the right hand of him and wait for each one of us and for who all, for whoever calls on his name, Jesus is waiting for you. Man, what a praise, huh? What a praise that is that we know, we know, we know, we know that our Savior died for us and rose from the grave so that we one day can be with Him. You see, Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrated His own love for us in this. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. See, uh, I want to encourage you today to know that Jesus died for you and He rose for you. He rose for you. And I pray that each one of us can say just as a centurion, this man is surely Son of God. He is risen. He is risen and He is the Christ, the Son of God. And what a praise that is. Amen? Amen. Amen. Today's a good day. Today we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Our God raised Him from the dead. What a blessing it is. And He waits for us today. I'm going to invite the music team up. And... Um, For the first time today, you're hearing the words of our Savior. And for the first time, you're hearing that Jesus did it for you. It's a good day. And I want you to hear those words. I want you to hear the words that Christ died and rose from the grave for you. And I want you to, to make it personal. You know what's... It's kind of weird, Christianity. Because a lot of times, when we come to Christ, for some reason we want to keep it personal. We want to, we want to keep it all in our little boat, right? If I can say. Sometimes it's tough to step out of that comfort zone. Sometimes it's tough to, to step out and, and confess your faith. And this morning, I just want to encourage you to maybe do something a little bit different. Maybe some of you have done this. Maybe some of you haven't. But I would want to ask that you just bow your head, close your eyes, and, and, and um, if you've already given your life to Christ, I, I just want you to spend some time in intimate prayer with your Creator, with your Savior. And so I'm just going to encourage you now to, to bow your heads and, and, and the music's going to play and I just want you to bow your head and, and, and close your eyes and, and just seek your Savior. But if you've never made the decision to give Christ your life, to, to, to lay down all the roadblocks, lay down all the excuses and, and just give your life up to the Savior, I want to give you that opportunity this morning. So heads bowed and, and, and eyes closed. If there is anybody here this morning that, that's ready to give their life to Christ, I, I would ask that you just raise your hand so that we can pray for you. Just raise your hand if, you, if you've never given your life to Christ and you want to do that this morning. You know, I want you to know that Romans 10.9 tells us that if you confess with your mouth 
Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That, that's saying that you are born again. That you are promised heaven when you give your life to Him. And so today, if there is anybody that would like to give their life to Him, again, just raise your hand. We would love to pray with you. The second part of that is, maybe you've been walking on this journey and you gave Christ your life a while back, but, but you've been on a journey that maybe has been of the world, that's been pulling you away, that, that you're just not walking the walk that you would like to. And today you want to recommit your life to Jesus. Today you want to say, Lord, I'm tired of walking this myself. I'm, I'm, I'm wore out. I'm, I'm tired. I, I want you back in my life. A hundred percent. If you want to recommit your life this morning, I just want you to, to raise your hand so that we can pray for you. If you want to recommit, just raise your hand again. Our Savior is amazing. He wants to walk with you. He wants to be with you for all eternity. And if you have not given your life to Him and, and that's on your heart and you, you want to know where you're at for all of eternity, just give it up to Him. Give it up to Him. Father God, I thank You for this morning. I thank You that You endured the beatings the, the unimaginable whippings and beatings and strikings and mocking that you took for each one of us. For each one of us. I, I thank you. I, you. You did it for whosoever will call on your name. It's not just for the church and people inside the church walls, but it's for this world and all who will call on your name. What a blessing that is. And I just pray that if there's anybody here this morning that is maybe struggling with that, struggling with, with just turning over their life to you, that they just do that. They, 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 that. I just pray that the Holy Spirit comes over them and, and, and gives them the power to mount down those walls, those excuses, and, and they just come to you, give their life. And I pray for each one of us to remember what you have done, Jesus, for us. So we can walk in the newness that you make us. Being bold for you. Being bold for you. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for all that you do. I thank you that we have a home waiting just as you told us. Thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for your love. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. We're going to... We're going to continue in, in prayer here. Uh, they're going to sing a song, a special song, and I'm just going to encourage you to spend some intimate time in prayer. Seek Him. Uh, they're going to sing a beautiful song. Uh, and I just want to encourage you to listen, to praise, to pray, to do whatever is on your heart in this time of worship. So I'll encourage you to stay seated during this song and just, just be in prayer, intimate prayer. And if there is anybody that wants to give their life to Christ, anybody that raised their hand, if you want prayer now, I'm going to ask that you come forward. I'm going to ask that you come up here and, and I'm going to ask the elders to come forward. And, and if, if you would, come up and, and pray with us. We want to lift you up. We want to be with you on your journey. Uh, so if there's anybody that's given their life to 
to Him or recommitting their life to Him, please come forward with the elders and we're going to pray.